It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Research. It's New Year's resolution time. And let's face it, climbers all make the same basic resolution. Climb more this year. And whether that means training more, better time management, or simply ignoring non-climbing friends and family more resolutely, Outdoor Research wants to help you pull through your promises with the best outdoor apparel that money can buy. Any layer on the list, from base to shell, OR will have the perfect item. Whether you're hanging it out there in the mountains or hanging on the end of the rope staring at your tips and wondering when the burning will stop. Speaking of which, OR is the leader in the techiest, warmest gloves in the world to help make the screaming barfies up to 90% less barfy. So resolve to support the runout in 2020 and check out the gloves and more at OutdoorResearch.com or your favorite local shop. The face of climbing looks very different today than it did 20 years ago. The words sausage party come to mind when thinking about how to succinctly capture the typical crag scene of the recent past. Only it was less of a party and often more of a sausage measuring contest that played out through downgrading each other's projects and boasting about stupid shit like head pointing sport climbs on trad gear. Fortunately, climbing has changed and you only have to visit any crag in America to see that the sausage plate of yesteryear's party is but one of many tasty hors d'oeuvres in the cornucopia of our climbing community buffet. For as long as I can remember, one of the biggest questions in climbing was just how damn many of us there are. For years, that question was anyone's best guesstimate, until the Outdoor Industry Association began taking serious strides to find out. And what they found in their latest report is pretty incredible. This is Andrew Bisharat, and I'm here with my co-host Chris Calouse. And today, we're speaking to James Ryan from the Outdoor Industry Association to share their latest and striking findings about climbing in our new demographics. Spoiler, climbing is no longer a male-dominated sport. Yes, there are more climbers, a lot more. And in this conversation, I sort of make a lame cliche joke about being bothered by this mass influx of people. But the truth is, I think it's great. The strength and vitality of climbing is a direct reflection of the diversity of people who climb. Climbing actually is one of the most equal opportunity sports in the outdoor industry. The fact that you can go to crags all around the country and find men and women climbing together on the same routes as equal partners in every sense is something to be really proud of. So brace yourselves for the latest stats from our sport from Mr. James Ryan. Yes, yeah, so I woke up in a bad mood. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that to Chris, and I, th- I thought, you know, maybe I need to try to shake my bad mood for this podcast. But I was like, why? You know, fuck that. I can be in a bad mood for a podcast. So that's my preference for today, and that's what I'm sticking with. But um, maybe by the end of the episode, I'll be in a good mood. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, my, my experience is that this probably will last all day. I mean, this isn't a morning show. You know what I mean? It's like, not, I don't need no. to be in a good mood for a podcast. So, and we do, we rarely do it in the morning. It's it's definitely an evening it's true. Uh, it's thing. True. So, but yeah, just just do your best, Andrew. 
if you will. So we are here with uh, James Ryan, who, um, why don't you introduce yourself, James? You work for the Outdoor Industry Association. I'm not sure what your title is, but we're we're here with you to talk about about climbing participation statistics that you and your organization have compiled. Yeah, so my name's James Ryan, and uh, I have a fancier title than I really am. I'm the manager of Consumer Insights and Business Intelligence for the Outdoor Industry Association. You know, as long as I've been writing about climbing, one of the white whales has been, um, you know, this concept of how many climbers there are. Uh, it's sort of this nebulous number where we're never quite sure you know, who, who is among us, who these people are among us and, um, and how many of them there are. And a lot, you know, 15 years ago, statistics would often be, you know, the, the number of climbers would be, it would be a seemingly absurd number. And, you know, you kind of had to guess that they were talking about kids at carnival walls and and things like that. So why don't you tell us the state of, of of your statistical research and and give us an overview of, of what our sport looks? Like? Yeah, so so right now climbing climbing has been growing has been growing pretty strong for the last few years, which I don't think is any surprise to you guys or anyone that listens. Um, but particularly, what we found with this year's data is that there's been just a massive shift in the diversity of the climbing community and. One of the big ones is just female participation. Female participation, for the first time since we've been tracking data, has jumped ahead of males. And what I mean by that is when you look at indoor climbers, women now make up 58% of indoor climbers. So this idea of this male-dominated sport that climbing is, is is really not so much anymore. And for sport climbing and bouldering, they make up 51%. So... Yeah, it's, it's growing strong and, and it's actually honestly sort of one of the few bright spots in the outdoor space right now. Uh, there's really just a struggle for youth participation right now, pretty much across the board in outdoor activities. And I'm not going to name specific ones, but um, climbing climbing is one that kind of trumps that. We're, we're seeing a lot of uh, participation for those 6 to 17 um, and really strong participation for those 25 to 34. So this is, you know, just great news for climbing. Um, the other big piece is uh, the diversity aspect. Like I mentioned, you know, African-American participation is up 6% for first-time participants over last year. And to put that in perspective, that's that's almost 300,000 new participants um, coming into the, into the climbing community, which I think speaks really highly to our ability to just open it up to a wide range of people. Groups like Flash Foxy, Brown People Climb, uh, Latino Outdoors are just really doing a great job of introducing a mix of diversity into the climbing space that we're not seeing really in any other activities. Now, before we um, dive into some of those nitty gritty things, I I just want to paint the picture of where these statistics come from, because as I was kind of alluding to the the idea that, you know, I've been reading statistics that say there's like millions of climbers since, you know, the early 2000s. And I was always skeptical that that was that those um, people included people who I would consider to be climbers. And it wasn't just, you know, counting kids at carnival walls or, and so forth. So what where do your numbers come from? And I guess is 
is this uh, ability to track data in the climbing space? Is this a new development or what's the history in terms of just finding who these people are and counting them? Um, I would say in the past, you're, you're probably correct. Uh, the, the group that we use that does our surveying, it's important to remember that these numbers mean that they only had to participate at least one time right now. And that and that's because it comes from our larger study, which is of all outdoor activities. So what we did, though, starting last year is we started introducing, breaking the sports out into sport climbing, bouldering, trad, ice, and mountaineering, which I think kind of helps alleviate your sort of concern around, you know, carnival walls and things like that. Although I, I would think some gyms kind of can feel that way anyway. So... With that, you know, they use modeling that has basically stated, you know, around 5.1 million indoor climbers. And through conversations with them, we feel really confident that they're kind of capturing the demographic that that we're looking at. The conversation, though, that kind of confuses me is that we, we keep talking about this outdoor activity and then we switch seamlessly back to talking about gyms and then yeah. we switch seamlessly back because more and more, in my opinion, those, they aren't the same thing anymore. I think there was once this idea that, that gyms were primarily this, this sort of platform to get people outdoors, but, but that's totally changed. So, you know, when, when you're thinking about these numbers or the industry is thinking about these numbers, how are they differentiating those two things in their minds in terms of, uh, you know, even if we're talking about market value on the last show, we talked about Omega Pacific disappearing, you know, primarily making gear for outdoor climbing. And that's kind of what uh, precipitated this conversation was our, our sort of wondering about, well, does this growth in climbing actually mean selling more cams or does it just mean gym climbers? Yeah. So, I mean, a great point. And, and I think when we broke that out, that was one of the first things we saw. And we, and we just started breaking it out last year. But you're, you're completely right. I mean, 5, 5.1 million are, are indoor climbers to 2.2 million from sport and bouldering. So, you know, you're right. You're not going to see more quick draws maybe exponentially getting sold. And it's probably going to be more of, of that gym life. And I think that number for indoor climbing, like you're mentioning, is, is only going to go up with the Olympics coming. Um, there's tons of data that supports, you know, post-Olympic um, booms for activities that are in it. The one thing that we know, and I don't have the, the direct number offhand, is is even with traditional sports like baseball, soccer, um, kids that participate in those at a young age are are vastly more likely to participate in outdoor activities as they get older. So, seeing that you know climbing is really grabbing a hold of youth and having strong um, return rates of of kids, you know, from that six to seventeen range. Um, I think in the progress of life, most of them will eventually venture outdoors. These uh, giant, massive amounts of climbers that I'm hearing about mm -hmm. aren't helping my bad mood. Um. <laughs> no, I didn't expect them to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the statistics are, are obviously very interesting for, you know, gear manufacturers, gym owners, things like that. And you can see how so many companies um, in the last couple of years since the Olympics fever took hold have have been trying to position themselves with products that are, are gym oriented and indoor climbing oriented and, and competition oriented. But yeah, us sort of uh, dyed in the wool outdoor climbers, uh, you know, we see both good and bad with this, this trend, um, which, 
is is kind of the minority when you look at the media. Like it's always about you know this is good and more advocacy will be good and more money pouring into the sport will certainly be good. And then there's always like a sub paragraph about how impact could could be worse now nowadays. So, I mean, what are your sort of opinions in terms of of that, James? And and maybe a little bit about what these statistics uh, foretell about the future. Yeah, I, I I think I definitely see what you guys are saying. And as a climber, you you never want to hear that you know there's three hundred thousand new first time participants in your sport when you kind of already feel like it's it's crowded. Um, right. But to your point, I I do think that it, it is it is creating more of a community of of advocacy and lobbying that maybe climbing has never had before. And you're seeing that with events like Climb the Hill, where you know big name people like. Tommy Caldwell are pulling audiences at OR to speak about, you know, the Arctic refuge. Um, you know, these are all voices that I think can help protect a lot of the climbing places that we're kind of, we're kind of losing. And, um, the more people that are aware of what climbing is, even if they are indoors, um, the more, the more likely they are to support those causes. And it, and you started this conversation with talking about diversity, uh, the increased uh, amount of access that uh, more diverse communities have. What do you see as uh, kind of the inherent positives in something like that? Yeah, I you know, with indoor, like you mentioned, not being an outdoor sport, I think the one thing that it does is since gyms are usually in city centers and in more diverse places, um, you're just opening it up to a wider range of people that probably would have never climbed. Um, as much as, you know, everybody wants to live in a Boulder, Colorado, it's just, it's just not realistic. And, uh, I think when you're seeing, you know, huge percentage growth in, in, um, different minority groups getting into the sport, there's just, there's just a greater probability of them, of them actually going outside. And when I talk about female participation specifically, I think climbing has always done a great job of leading the way in this. Um, climbing's kind of always had its female icons, um, you know, through every decade. And I think that, you know, sh- sure, movies and things like that help. And But there's just a lot more unity in the female space than you're seeing in other outdoor activities like skiing or or things like that, where we have just dedicated groups of women putting on all women clinics, all women climbing things that are really well attended. And we're seeing great results. I mean, when you have almost, when you have a majority female sport and boulder climbing community, that's, that speaks to a lot from, you know, the Valley Uprising film that people might think of when they think of climbing of this, this boys, boys game. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder, um, I wonder to what degree you can attribute, you know, media or events or if it's just a a matter of preference um that that contributes to that growth and um so i I don't know how you would track that but it's it's certainly great to see that you know climbing's at that you know 50 50 um representation at this point and also i think you know with climbing it's one of those few sports where its athletes are extremely accessible you know if you go to a gym in Denver Boulder, you're, you're going to run into, you know, the Rabbitohs or, uh, the Alex Puccio's. And, and I think when you can kind of see athletes who are similar to you, um, doing something, you're more likely to sort of follow them and follow their path, which is why I, I think it's having such a big impact. Um, so this is a little, this is a question just outside the uh, scope of what we talked, we said we were going to talk about today, but you, you mentioned at the start of our conversation that you're 
living in Florida now. <laughs> um, so this is our first Florida man episode. Um, and I, I, you know, you can give us a sense of what the, you know, the gym community looks like in a place like Florida, which is as far from, you know, boulders you can get basically and, and geographically and also, you know, metaphorically. I just want to make sure that people understand that none of us live in Boulder. Actually, we keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're yeah. not there. No, yeah, we're so. not there. <laughs> yeah. Good place to visit though. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, the gym climbing scene in Florida is, is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, when I would come home to visit family, I would, I would go and I've, I've seen it really transition, but it is just as crowded as a movement or earth treks uh, after work. Uh, you know, tons of people leading. They have boulder comps during the middle of the week. So I was just as surprised when I came home and started regularly going to the gym here. Uh, moon board, the, the full works. So, and luckily um, around here, they're, they're really big with their U team on taking them up to like horse pens or sand rock or Foster Falls. Um, up in the Tennessee area too. So there's always stuff on the bulletin board kind of uh, for opportunities to get outside or road trips to, to go up there and climb. Again, for perspective, like what's your, uh, what's your road trip to your nearest proper climbing, outdoor climbing venue? Um, to something that's pretty decent, I would say about six hours. So Denver okay. to Moab. Okay. That's not bad, actually. I would have thought it would be more. Yeah, I mean, I can get to some smaller stuff in outside of Atlanta and, and probably five and a half. But if I want to get to like sand rock or some of the funner things, it's a, l- a little bit of a drive. Right. So let's get back to um, just looking at some of these numbers. So there's, you said uh, over 5 million indoor climbers and two over 2 million sport and bouldering climbers. Um, is that, is there a crossover there? Like does, the, does that 2 million, are they counted in the 5 million indoor climbers? Yeah, there's there's definitely crossover, and we're we're working with our our team that pulls the data to, to hopefully get a little closer to understanding that crossover. Um, again, you know, this comes from a lot larger report which has trail running and other activities baked in, so that we can build this. So um, we have gone back to them and started kind of pushing on segmenting out the individuals, which is I think a number that you you would really like to know is kind of one off one to one kind of a ratio. What kind of statistics do you have for like the guy who sits on the north rim of the Black Canyon uh, counting his nuts and, and brooding <laughs> about how climbing's dying because of sport climbing and bouldering? Do you have any statistics <laughs> for that particular demographic? I don't, I don't have specifically that one individual person that you may be speaking about. But, okay. uh, it's not Chris. It's definitely not Chris. <laughs> but we, know, we do know with like we combine trad, ice, and mountaineering kind of into one. Um, okay. To, Due to the number of people probably, as, as I've been called the trad dad myself, um, right. those, those numbers are still very much what you would expect for that community. It's, it's 61% male. Um, it's primarily, oh, that's not bad. That's yeah, not bad, actually. It's not. And it's, it's primarily, <laughs> you know, 25 to 44-year-olds. Um, so it's, it's kind of exactly what you would expect it to be. I okay, think. of course. <laughs> and probably, honestly, white is the driven snow. Um, yeah, yeah. 70, 71%, I would say. James, do you have, um, off the top of your head, do you know, I mean, can you give us a glimpse of where these numbers were like 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Do you have any, any data on that? So yeah, like 10 years ago, if we were looking at say ages six plus for climbing, so we'll say, what was that? 
2000, I guess it was 2010, which is kind of surprising. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel old. Uh, Sport indoor and bouldering, you know, in 2010, we were, you know, we were looking at about 4.7 million participants back then. So if, and that's, you know, again, that's them all combined. So when you take into account what it is now at seven point around 7.6 million, that's, that's a pretty good jump from 10 years ago. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you can chart this out, but it doesn't seem, it seems like the curve is, is still exponentially growing. It doesn't seem like it's plateauing out. Is that, is that your no, sense? Yeah, it, it really is. And I know that from our data, there was a little bit of a level set and I say level set and just like a little bit slower around 2015 ish area. But it's it's definitely back on a stark rise, which I I'm not surprised with you know Honold and, and Free Solo going so big. We you saw similar things with Wild, uh, you know 2015 2016 after Wild there was huge jumps in hiking participation and and then it kind of leveled off. So it, it will really be interesting to see the next few years because we're kind of in for lack of a better word like a climbing zeitgeist with just us being on Netflix and going to be in the Olympics. So there's just a lot of attention right now. So we can, if, if your if your crag is overcrowded, you can blame Alex Honnold is what you're getting. At. <laughs> I mean, it would probably wouldn't be a bad starting point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I used to blame Tommy Caldwell, but now I can switch it over. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I mean, the, I guess the reverse argument is you don't see a bunch of people jumping on Maru after Jimmy Chen went into that. So <laughs> That's interesting. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, so I guess the question is, how do we make money off of all of these new people? <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, Tommy Caldwell hit the nail right on the head, which is uh, getting them involved in, in the outdoor community, which is, you know, he was really pushing to spend a lot more of your time representing your sport and, and doing that with your dollar. And whether that's, you know, supporting things like Indian Creek with bathrooms or doing trail work with your time. Um, but really just the more you climb, everybody knows the more gear you need. So that's, that's probably the best thing. sounds like we're going to need to build a few more bathrooms at Indian Creek. That's all the (laughs) friends of Indian Creek used to do when I was involved in it. We just, that's all we really, honestly, that's all we did. We spent time, money. Uh, you know, I, I always said that our, our motto should have been, you know, the friends of Indian Creek, we help you poop. Uh, cause that was really all we ever did, um, was talk about toilets and how to get in there and argue with people over toilets. So, well now hopefully you have a couple more million people to help you do it. Yeah. Uh, Oh man, you're (laughs) you're breaking my heart. Um, so James, uh, one more final question about the diversity thing again, which, which you opened with, which I think it shows that you feel as though it's pretty important in, in terms of those trends you're, you're confident that we're going to just continue to see uh, an opening of diversity in climbing. Is that, is that your feeling towards what, what you're seeing in the numbers? Yeah, it's, that's, Chris, that's exactly what I'm, I'm seeing. I think, uh, you know, the, with these groups performing really strongly and getting more people outdoors, uh, climbing community is really just setting a really high benchmark for other outdoor activities to take note. Uh, you know, when you're seeing 6%, um, jumps in, in first-time participation for African-Americans or Asian demographics, um, th- those aren't numbers that are just going to die off next year. Those are those are pretty strong. And I, I think it's a great thing for the climbing community. And I, I think it's it's great that, you know, we're setting we're setting the bar high. And it's something that I that I hope carries on for years to come. 
Yeah, take that kayaking. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> kayaking or whatever. <laughs> All right, James. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, information. And um, it, it, my my bad mood here has improved uh, from the levity of this discussion. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to mull over what, what I do with 7 million climbers in my midst. But... Um, I'm happy to hear that so many of those people are are, are well represented across all colors and uh, and genders. You just do what you have always done, which is you know scowl at them from a distance. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah, like my resting you're, bitch you're, face. It doesn't com- it doesn't matter what race, what gender, anything else. Everybody gets the same treatment, Andrew. That's true. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm an equal opportunist uh, scowler. Uh, scowler, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks again, James. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. If you have a comment, topic suggestion, or just a good bit of climbing trivia, join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash runoutpodcast. Or drop us a line at our webpage, runoutpodcast.com. <laughs>